Hi there and welcome to All Day Intentional with me Tali Victory at Taliviki on IG. This is a space where I share life skills and tips as we rethink, relearn and reform and hopefully you get to pick a lesson or two. Should I meet your acquaintance, I'll appreciate you following or subscribing to the podcast, maybe even share with a friend or group. So let's get down to today's episode. Enjoy. This is Threads of Therapy on All Day Intentional. The intention is to provide access to everyday psychology tips to uphold gender wellness for consistent body, mind, and soul checkings. And Anastasia is back, and today we are talking about deconstructing and religious trauma. Yes, I know you've already seen that from the title, and this one is for you guys who have left a form of religious setting or you're thinking about living a form of religious setting and you're wondering if you're right for doing it we hope that this conversation will help you put one and two together and yeah as always maybe pick a lesson or two maybe even a farm or help you just through the entire process we've gone through it ourselves and it hasn't been easy so yes it's part one and two because it's a very long conversation but we hope you enjoy I think the biggest fear, and I think whether, I think my clients usually know it, I think it's more of a subconscious mm-hmm. knowledge, that fear of loss of community. Some of them might not actually yeah. outwardly say that that's what they're afraid of, but yeah. the biggest or the most highlighting thing that I've noticed about, uh, the resi- especially the residual tendencies, is the they're very quick to look for a community and then they're looking for the community in the same way they found the last community. And I always tell them, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you're still using the same criteria to look for a new place um, mm. as the same, and then you're using the same criteria from the last place, you're going to end up in the same place. So you're yeah. going to end up in a space where you feel lost, in a space where yeah. you feel misunderstood. Yeah. And then because we are human beings, we will generalize it. Mm. Um, I know I have some clients who tell me, you know, I no longer religious, but I do believe at some point in therapy, we will have to get back to that. And I'm like, yeah, I, the fact that you said that, that would be my priority actually. But the way I'm going to help you figure out what your church looks like, you're going to think I'm trying to either not get you into church again, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to think that, but what mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sure is that now you're creating your own definition or your own relationship with God and not the one that was fed to you. And yeah. the biggest, yeah, the residual tendency, biggest one, is people looking for their new religious space or their new space mm-hmm. with the same criteria they used to get into the latter. Yeah. So it becomes, into the prior, sorry, so it becomes a whole... <laughs> process number two is the self-judgment oh the self-judgment tell me about this after finding the community Mm -hmm. it is more of how can i dismantle myself and 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 redo myself to fit into this community and i'm Mm -hmm. like then you haven't found your community if you're in if you're in a space that's making you feel like you have to dismantle yourself and not for the greater good of yourself 
just yeah. so that you can fit in, fit then in. that is not your community. And honestly, there's a difference. The one mm-hmm. that's dismantling yourself and your beliefs to create a better version of yourself, something that and yeah, I have to do. I can't be judging myself like this or judging other people. Mm-hmm. And these guys mm-hmm. are like this. They don't charge. They provide a safe space of safety. I have to yeah. change this belief I have, belief system I have, so that I can, you know, maximize my 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 intake from this group. That's good. But something that's yeah. making you say, I don't fit in, so maybe I have to start doing this and that and the other so that I can yeah. fit in. That is not your community. That is not your group. And because that is what a lot of people are taught in religious situations, that is one of the residual tendencies mm-hmm. that people bring into the new spaces they have. Because you are taught that if yeah. you don't fit in, better change to fit in. You were mm-hmm. never taught that if you don't fit in, it's not yours. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to stand out. It's okay to stand out. It's fine. If, if, if you're standing out, it means either A, there's something you have over the rest of the people, or B, genuinely you're not supposed to be there, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I can't be in a space where, it's the same thing with clients, you know. I always, yeah. and I think I usually use it as a warning. I always warn my clients, hey, my hair color is never the same. They've I have tattoos on my body, so once in a while you'll see them. Um, sometimes I will swear in my sessions just so that I can put, put put a point across. If you don't like that, whether yeah. I completely understand because genuinely yeah. not everybody is supposed to have that type of therapist. So if you yeah. would like a referral, it's not a blow to my gut, please just tell me and I will send those phone numbers. But yeah. uh, there are those who will come and be like, yeah, actually I need that because I need to swear in my session. There are others who will tell me, oh no, no, that will make me a bit uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah. I have the person for you or the people for you right but mm-hmm. it's okay that this other person doesn't believe i'm for them and it's okay that i don't believe i'm for this person it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that now i put makeup on my tattoos and dye my hair black to <laughs> satisfy to fit. yeah to fit but, yeah. their criteria <laughs> you know we we are taught we are taught in religion that there's one god and all of us should, should mm-hmm. follow one way of worshiping that god and mm-hmm. Uh, as you as you live your life, you start realizing, ah, no, 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 we are different, and no, it's okay to be we're different. different. Yes. Yeah. So I I think that's also one of the most positive things about you won't even force your friends to be the same person as you because I think the more you deconstruct from these things and you start observing even some of these residual tendencies that we carry yeah. from. Yeah. You can be a Christian and a Muslim, but at the same time, if that can add, happen, add, add a touch of yourself, yeah, yeah, add a touch exactly. of yourself to your being. Have your own, actually, yeah, have your own identity in your belief. Like yeah. have a bit of you, man. Just have a bit. Because mm. otherwise, imagine if all of us were, were like one. I think life would be boring. I don't know if people usually think about that. All of us think the same. All of us do things the oh, same yeah, way. All of us paint things the same way. If it we are thinking so of, if we are creating something, it's the same thing. Oh, God. Mm. That would be such yeah. a mandate. But yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that some of these things, they do come up. And you start, actually start respecting life for what it is. Because mm. now you yeah. realize it. It's the dance of life to have mm-hmm. all these different mm-hmm. things. And it yeah. becomes mm-hmm. very, you sort of even find your place to some extent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so let's talk about the fear of hell. 
and taking the fear of hell off the mm. table. Hey, to is it is I it a that, was thing? My, that was my biggest that was my biggest now the residual tendency. That was my biggest one. I oh, used to I used to do things to avoid going to hell. Like that was my biggest mm. I, I even noticed like when I'd do something, I'd be like, Yeah, I'm doing this so that I make mm. sure <laughs> you mm. know I'm on this good book so that and until funnily enough, I came through a term in one of my psychology classes called altruism, which is mm. doing something for the with no purpose of getting anything back. True altruistic tendency. Which mm-hmm. in psychology they say it's kinda hard to get somebody who does that because you'll do something because there's a personalized attached yeah. to it, personal benefit. But then I say there's intention, intention yeah, yeah. There's always something behind what you do. But they said, you know, there is a spectrum of altruism. There's the true altruism, and mm-hmm. then there's everything in between. And if yeah. you can, and it said, if you can, if the human being can can do certain things within the spectrum of altruism, you will mm-hmm. get um, achieving your own goal of self-actualization becomes just a bit easier. And mm-hmm. Funnily enough, my psychology classes taught me that. But I remember I was so afraid of hell. Like the concept of <laughs> hell and the world ending used to scare yeah. me. And then I'm now thinking about it now and I'm like <laughs> Oh God. I'm like, ah, okay, you know, then, first of all, <laughs> it's going to end. Like even if I am there or not there to be part of it, it is yeah, going to end. It will right? So yeah. how can I maximize my experience mm. on earth? while mm. also making a few people's lives here and there just a bit better, just mm. to give them hope a bit here and there. But yeah. I realized a lot of people's drive to be religious is the fear of going to hell. So mm. even that is also a lot of the times what I yeah. hear yeah. As, as people's reason as to why you should be a Christian and yeah. or a, a what, a Muslim or a Hindu is because mm. is because if you do not there's a potential you of you hell. yeah going to hell and i'm i only sit down and i'm like what is your other reason <laughs> mm. what, what is your other re- okay higher you don't want to go to hell uh-huh. and then and then <laughs> what is the other thing and again that's why i always say my my friends have done a good job anyway uh i have a friend who who her reason for being christian has nothing to do with hell <laughs> Really, I'd like, would like to meet her. Absolutely nothing. She's just like, I'm just here to spread love, and Christianity has taught me how to do that. So that is why I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian because it has taken away my hatred for people and things. That is why I'm a Christian. It took it away. It. I sat down and realized if this being can love me with all my taintedness and all the things I've gone through and done and you know, performed and said and, you know, judged, surely, yeah. who am I? <laughs> yeah. Who am I to hate the next person? That is actually why. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I do appreciate that. But, I have a mm. but. Mm. <laughs> I feel like when it comes to when people are evangelizing, they yeah. like to use that a lot. Yeah. But qua ground, 
Kwa grau ni different. Let me tell you, if you remove hell off the table and you have nothing else as to why you are a part of this, yeah, yeah, yeah. then then why are you a part of it? Yeah. You know, it cannot be just this mm-hmm. one reason. And it's the same thing I tell people who do things for the sake of others. Let us assume these people in your life disappear. They're not there. Yeah. They're so not why? there. They, then what would make you do the things you are doing now? And then they're like, mm-hmm. I actually wouldn't be doing the things I'd be doing now. Then I'm like, then why are you doing them? Because guess what? At a certain point, all these mm-hmm. people won't be there. It's not mm-hmm. a fantasy. Mm-hmm. It is something that will happen. It's reality. Yeah. yeah. You, you'll get that degree because your parents said so and you'll get into that job because your wife said so. Right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at some point, either you or your wife will not be there. Yeah. Right? Okay. And then what yeah. will motivate you to do these things? Right. Yeah. What would tell you that this is something that I, as Anastasia, want to do and have been doing because I like it, or it will help me finish, mm-hmm. accomplish my goal. It will mm-hmm. help me. And then the next thing comes. The next thing that I'm always told is, then I mm-hmm. don't know what I want. Then I'm like, then that's what you need to ask yourself. Yeah, when you remove, I always say, if God made the mistake and made me an all-knowing being, I'd be petty. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'd me be too. Petty. Me too. What are you trying? Yani, the only reason why we talk every night, you're playing with me, you're talking to me every night, is do you don't want to go to it? Like there's nothing else. That job you had, that interview you were afraid of, that degree you thought you were never finishing, the money that comes into your bank account, that day you thought you had nothing to eat, and your friend came through with food. You're trying mm-hmm. to say that I did nothing for you. All you're saying is that you're not going to go to hell. It's alright. I think I think I think a lot of the reasons why people are in church today is because of that. Even if it's not mm-hmm. the fear of hell, yeah. it's also these other two things. Like I'll believe in God so that I get that. I I'll believe yeah, in God so that. And it's never an appreciation of what He's already yeah. done. It is always so that I can get this. Yeah, I one thing took away from, especially with my mother, she mm-hmm. is for wefanya just to do a tree meshapatiwa, whatever you yeah. were supposed to get ushapatiwa wefanya. Yeah, and because of that, it helped me appreciate the things I ended up getting more than the things I was about to get because mm-hmm. I'd sit down and I'm mm-hmm. like. But anyway, how did this happen? Because this was not the plan. Yeah. yeah. My biggest, so far right now, my biggest uh, appreciation is mm-hmm. these talks I get to do with people, being on podcasts, yeah. being on radio shows. Because yeah. I always sit down and think the three ago me mm-hmm. had not thought that this was part of the process. <laughs> yeah. So every time I sit down and I'm like, Yani, Yani, this happened. Wow. And I'll just mm. sit down and I, I say, whoever is up there, thanks, because I don't <laughs> understand how this happened. I don't yeah. understand. I don't even know. Even if you ask me the steps I took to make sure I get here, I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm not mm. gatekeeping information. I have no idea how yeah. this happened. <laughs> I just yeah. know it happened. And I'm, I appreciate that it happened, but I have no yeah. idea how it happened. But let's let's mm. be realistic. Do you, do you think mm. it's, it's practical that people can live without the sense of a, a, a religious moral code. Because there are people who will say, no, me, I'm not religious, but I believe there's a God out there who will punish you when you do so and so. I think, I think human beings are actually able to live like that. 
they're able to create because I actually do believe atheists do believe that there's nothing there. Like you just there and go. Mm-hmm. But I've mm-hmm. never seen an atheist kill another person in the name of their atheism. Ooh, I have girl, girl. <laughs> I have never seen so I think that we can live with it. I think we can live with the you know, because we always think that values are created from religious yeah. beliefs, but values are created off of actually genuinely in general in psychology, your values are based off of things that you adapted to. Ooh, then they work yeah. for you. From how you treat someone on the road, how you even yeah. give your charity. If you're the type yeah. of person who gives money, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Your value to that is personal mm-hmm. versus the person yeah. who gives food or who gives who doesn't give money. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's mm. there's they have their own value that has nothing to do with their religious beliefs, is just something that felt right. And therefore yeah. they adapted to it and it worked for them. So I think mm. we can. I think we can. Uh, but yeah, I think we can have our own values without the influence without of the religion. religion. Yeah. yeah, and actually but, we do, mm-hmm. and we do, but, we do. But mm-hmm. there are people who just there are people who then also have values influenced by their religion. Some good, yeah. some very sketchy. But yes, they do have their own values. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and again, my the thing I'm saying sketchy is also based off of my own personal ideology, <laughs> yeah, and my own judgment has nothing to do with the reality. But that's how much yeah. sketchy to me. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've asked that question because most of the time people usually mm. ask me, uh, mm. "You left church, so what informs your 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 idea of being good and being bad?" And sometimes mm. I'm usually like, okay, now how, how do I make these people understand without being <laughs> quote unquote woo woo or trying to bring other form of spirituality into the conversation? Into it, yeah. yeah, so I love the way you've put it also with the psychology aspect. And mm. I think we can mm. also bring a bit of evolution here. Evolution. Because yeah. you cannot you, you will not wait for God to come and tell you if you put your hand in fire, you'll get burnt. Burnt, yeah. Like exactly. they're, they're yeah, they are like some universal laws. Like there's a friend of mine I was I was telling her, uh, mm-hmm. the thing that hurt us, it's not God, it's how mm. we've made God to look like. Yes. And our we've idea given of him God. a human. We've turned him into a human yeah. being. He's not a yeah, human being. Yeah, that's it. We've overpersonalified this God. Mm. Uh, when I feel jealous, you've heard that God is a jealous God. A jealous Why God because God he doesn't jealous? want us to. <sighs> you know, <Yeah>. such questions. <laughs> we built our own. Yeah. yeah, we've used our own negative bias to, we've now projected it onto God so that okay. now it can become the thing and make, mm-hmm. you know, us live in a certain way. But mm-hmm. I usually, I usually tell them, if you, if you doubt that a human being can be good, just look at the laws of nature. When we go full out or like evil, mm-hmm. we are going to suffer. Like, yeah, it's I a universal we are going to suffer if we decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we decide mm-hmm. we are going to be the bad people, look at what hatred has done to us. You won't wait for a god to come and judge you. Mm-mm. You will suffer you where will you see. are. And I yeah. tell them, yeah, I tell them just imagine 
all these things like cause and effect it's very neutral mm. it does not care mm. who you are whatever mm. you said there are some people who are able to yeah there are some people who are able to evade it for some time but it mm-hmm. eventually catches up with them to say mm. the truth Yeah. So I actually tell them if, even if you don't believe in God, I still feel mm-hmm. like the universe has a way of balancing things out. Mm-hmm. And if, if you want evidence, yeah, if you want evidence, just look at our lives today. Like you don't even need to go open a book. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have a million and one research to back it up. Just yeah. look at our lives today and you'll today. find yeah that it's very possible for us to live without religion and still be good human being because that's sort of the nature of the laws of the earth how things the are countries done. with the least amount of people in prison are the least religious countries on earth wow. the finnish uh those from the netherlands uh, the swedish finland mm-hmm. first of all they ran out of prison i think they in prison like two people a year <laughs> oh good <laughs> the, the, so <laughs> i think yeah i think they in prison like is it two or three people a year Ah. But let me tell you, the religion in is very slim. I know, and you can imagine yeah. they are they are the happiest countries. Yeah, yeah. barely thirty percent of their population is religious. Barely. Wow. That says a and, lot. And <laughs> funnily enough, out of that thirty percent, sixty percent are immigrants. Oof. Oof. Had mm-hmm. mm. hate in the gut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's. Let's talk about now what 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 we can do to make it safe mm. for people to deconstruct mm. without all these fears. I know it will take time. You yes. think you're you're good one day, tomorrow you'll crash. Another yeah, aspect yes. of has been three years, and I still find myself going back and forth, back and forth. Yes. So mm. for anyone listening out there, it's, it's gonna be hard, but you can it's do it. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, after some time you'll see the progress and you'll keep at it. It will take some time. But let's let's first of all talk about the grief that mm. comes with the deconstruction oh, yes. and how we can be we can we can build safe spaces within that and mm. then now talk about the emotional safety that um the grief of deconstructing. Oh. So I think the grief of deconstruction is like grieving anything you've ever lost. So yeah. we will talk about the you know I know a lot of the times we we'll talk about the ugly and the terrible part of being a, a part of a controlling mm-hmm. religion but we can never forget the sense of identity that this mm-hmm. place gave you the mm-hmm. sense of being a part of a group is like the fundamental thing of the entire human species you need to feel like you belong and the moment that um disappears that sense of belonging mm-hmm. meaning your sense of belonging to this church or this religion that you are always a part of that you've known for a majority of your life you're going to go through yeah. denial first of all yeah. you know because yeah. like do i really am i really going to do this or am i just is it me am i the problem mm. uh, from Ooh. from bargaining to yeah. you know bargaining and saying okay maybe it wasn't that bad maybe you know now they have evolved or something or the other you will you will bargain Uh mm. sometimes you'll be depressed because you'll be like oh, what God. have I actually done yes. and and because you're not a part of the group and that support that you've always known you actually don't know who to turn to so you get depressed and that then, depression and Jesus yeah and then there'll be a sense of acceptance where you're like 
you know what i've left it's yeah. happening and it's not mm. stage by stage it will come you will accept then you go back to denial you be like yeah. you know you yeah. jump back and then you'll be depressed one day you'll be fine then it's all over mm. the place but yeah. it's because not only are you grieving the past being a part mm. of it you're grieving mm. the things that you thought you would do as being yeah. a part of that church or religion mm. or whatever mm. Yeah. Because remember, when you are thinking about your marriage, you are going to go yes. to a church. Priest so-and-so was going to be a part of it. When you thought about mm. praise and worship, remember, yes. every Saturday you would be going to church to practice. And oh, now, God. the way you had planned your Saturdays, Saturdays were practice days, but guess what? Now Saturdays are free. Yeah. You know? Last time you were told in the month of November, you guys would be talking about family. It is the month of November and you're not touching your Bible. You're not going things, anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's things about your future that you had planned and your present mm-hmm. that were mm-hmm. part of this community that you've yeah. gotten, that you have separated yourself from, that will still mm-hmm. remind you that you are part of this community at some mm-hmm. point. The feelings you had about being a part of this community are the things you're mm-hmm. grieving as well. Even the pain, yeah. the pain of being part of these things you are grieving oh. as well. Because there's also True. this part that tells you, I can't wait to stay for this long. I oh, should no. have seen, I should have seen problem A, B, C to Z, and yeah. I stayed. What was that? You know, there's also mm-hmm. a part of again how you criti- how we criticize ourselves, self criticism, yeah. negative yeah. self talk about yeah. all of this. That's where the grief comes. So the grief is very vast. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's vast. It's something that. Really, it's not something you're supposed to control, but they suddenly yeah. go through, right? Yeah. And and it's understanding that you're not only grieving being part of it or the things you lost as being part of it. You're also mm-hmm. grieving the things you're going to potentially lose as not yeah, being part of it. The friends you made yeah. because of the church, right? <laughs> the, the, the relationships that felt like family because of oh, the church God. or the religion, the, right? Yeah. Because sometimes you'll now start sitting down and saying, do I do this because of this or is it me? You know, there's also that now, you start questioning those things. Yeah. Do I wake up early in the morning and pray because it gives me comfort or because I was told to do it? I was told to do it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So that's actually a question you even ask yourself. Do you like these things because you constantly had them or because, you know, because you, you... Got you, so used to hearing them, you assume you like yeah, it. Yeah, you like. Oh, yeah. Wow. There's a question, Doctor Caroline Leaf. I, I think. Mm, I, I, yes. You know how she yeah. asked, not not in the aspect of religion, actually, yes. the aspect mm. of relationships. But the mm. way you mentioned it, it has reminded me of that question because she says, "Is it that I think about something because I like it, or is it because I like it so I think about it?" About it, yeah. Do I think about something because I like it or I like it, therefore I think about it? Mm, yeah. Yeah, so it has really gotten me thinking. And also mm. about the, the whole aspect of losing your community. Uh, this will be a very vulnerable admission for me. Yeah. But you know, one yeah. of my biggest fear when I was mm. leaving the church was the aspect of getting married. I was like, oh, oh. Oh, but then there's a lot of people who think like that. And I've always asked, so were you getting married because you were a Christian? Or you were getting married because you love the idea of being someone's person? 
Yeah. But you know that's the thing. Mm. That's the thing because you know in church you are taught uh, you should partner with someone who is just uh, a Christian as you are or even more. Especially okay. for ladies, the head yes. of the family should be the spiritual, the head of the spiritual aspect yeah. of the family. And I agree well. with that. That is where yeah. the, the, the idea of same values comes in. But then the question mm. then asks again, mm. were you getting married because you were a Christian? Or you are getting married with this person because you love them. They are your person and you share the values. Because mm. they can be the head of the family with all their values, but the values you have in terms of being Christians are not the same. Yeah. So, and, and I even have clients like that, you know, in their mid-30s, who, mm-hmm. you know, they are panicking, both men and women, which actually quite fascinated Ooh. me about the men. But mm-hmm. <laughs> men and women panicking, you know, I'm old. I haven't gotten married. You know, people in my church are married. And I'm like, are you getting married for the church? Or you're getting married because you wanted to get married? Like, wow. Are you getting married for the church or you actually want to get married? And there is a client of mine who has decided that I actually never wanted to get married oh. in the first place. So I was like, you were about to commit yourself to 70 plus years with someone just in because, some, just because the, the, of the church. It's the fear of if I get rid of this, will my Mm. life be able to continue the way I had wanted it to? And a lot of the times people will answer no, but 100% of the times it will. It just needs an adjustment. Mm. It just needs an adjustment where this aspect doesn't exist. Because guess what? You're going to get married. You're going to get married to somebody who shares the same values as you. You're going to be a happy marriage. You're Mm -hmm. going to have the kids that you wanted to have. You're going to grow it together, right? (laughs) Yeah. It just needs an adjustment where this thing doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Wow. I even had clients ask me, even I was away from the meaning of religion. They mm-hmm. come to me, they're like, I'm so far gone. You know, I don't think I'll have a partner. And I'm like, oh, why? Why is it that your far goneness or how far gone you are, why do you think somebody would not love you? Oh, because I come with this and that. And I'm like, no, that person doesn't come with those things. Funny, this person you're married. They're not perfect. <laughs> Jesus was come down. Yeah, I swear. Because I'm like, who is this? All you need is somebody. All you need, first of all, is to make sure you yourself are taking accountability for your healing. But number two, somebody who understands that you're in the process of healing and has the patience on understanding to make sure that they're supporting you in your healing. It's not their responsibility to make sure you heal, because guess what? It is absolutely yours, but they're supporting, you know, supporting you through this as you support them through theirs. Yeah. But just because you're far gone, like, who are you married? Like, really? hey. And yes, hey. there'll be parts that you're responsible for it, but hey, yeah. come on. Hey. You, can't be, you can't be judging yourself so harshly Hashly. that you remove so many human experiences from your list because mm-hmm. of your own self-judgment. That's not fair. You haven't yeah. come this far to eliminate certain human experiences for yourself just because you've already deemed yourself not worthy of these experiences. Yeah. Oh, God. That name worthy. Jesus Christ. Mm. <laughs> you, you've actually given <laughs> you've actually given me a, a, a topic for another episode. Being I'll, worthy. I'll up on that. that was, yeah, exactly. That was Being aspect, worthy. Especially in relationships. Hey, mm, man, oh. hey, yeah. I know. Yeah. Mm. I know. I but know. But now, eh. yeah. So now you with mean, the grief, 
Mm-hmm. I think what comes with the grief also is that sometimes in the process of leaving, we also don't give the people in that community the chance to support us. And that's where the emotional safety or the lack of mm-hmm. their own comes in sometimes. Because have you tried? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you see. So I always ask, you know, people always say, Bill Day, and I always ask, did you give them the chance? Did you actually come and say, I'm leaving, I'm a part of this, but I'd really like our relationship to stay um, because you are my community beyond this, beyond the individual. Mm-hmm. And yeah, some people will not, but mm-hmm. is it fair to generalize all of them? Oh, no, it's not fair. Is it fair to now say, this guy, and it's also something I did, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I really did separate myself from a lot of my friends who are now my still my friends now. But I did <laughs> at some point separate myself from them because I didn't believe that they'd be okay with it. So therefore, I mm-hmm. wouldn't there'd, there'd be no sense of togetherness if I even decided to do it until yeah. I came back. I had to intentionally come back because, of course, they're gonna give me my space. They weren't mm-hmm. going to like force issues because that's not who they are. Yeah, but when I came back, they were like, uh-huh. <laughs> they continued like, you know, hello, yeah, you were yeah. a friend for like yeah. the longest time. Why, you know, where did you disappear off to? I remember one of them was like, where did you disappear off to? Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I deconstructed. And when I explained to them, I remember I was at one of my friends' houses and I explained to them everything that happened. Yeah, like. Now, you can decide you mm. I remember being lectured by them. Like, so you decided it was just you. Huh? Like, that's not fair. And I'm like, yes, I know it's not fair. But that's because I didn't give them the chance. Yeah. But there's so, also a bit of fear. And there's a fear. And yes, fine. But remember, you're also doing something that you feared. Leaving oh, yeah. the religion. Yeah. Yeah. So why is this Why is this worse? You're, you're used to doing things you're afraid of. Might as well try one more time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, might as well try one more time. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the ways to foster emotional safety now moving forward? Um, number one is in the process of, um, what is it called? In the process of the deconstruction, Remember, mm. vulnerability is the only way you can receive emotional safety. Yeah, People cannot provide for you that emotional safety if they have no idea what's going on. If they yeah. have no idea about the emotions <laughs> that you're going mm. through. So yeah. vulnerability, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, mm-hmm. the sense of biasness that you're used to and judgment that you're used to, you have to throw it out the window. Because yeah. the judgment was not only for those who are not part of the community, you'll now end mm-hmm. up judging those people who are within the community. Ooh, yeah. Because out. you're out. Yes. Mm. Because you're out <laughs> looking in. So that sense of judgment yeah. biases, you have to throw it out the window. You have mm-hmm. to take things as is. Meaning, if you go to this person and they throw you to the curb, doesn't mm-hmm. mean person B is going to throw you to the curb. I'm not saying go mm-hmm. opening to everyone and everything. But mm. genuinely, that bias you have, you have to put it away for a bit, mm-hmm. just so yeah. that you can understand who is truly a part of your circle, because yeah. they want you to be a part of their circle, and yeah. those who are just a part of your circle because of you being a part of this one thing. Yeah. And number three is that self-judgment as well. Mm. Yeah. Sitting down and saying, I made this decision, and therefore I must look like mm. A, B, C, D. Remove that as well. 
there has to be mm-hmm. a sense of neutrality about your decision that says i did this decision because it's best for me however other people look at it is actually based off of them and not necessarily mm-hmm. something i am doing right yeah. if you're deconstructing yeah. and you feel if you're deconstructing and there are people judging you for it mm-hmm. most likely the judgment is based off of their own experiences with what this is right yeah the people yeah. who are not judging you same thing they're not judging you because mm-hmm. of their experiences when it comes to this it mm-hmm. is good to to understand the difference the difference mm-hmm. between somebody who is you know with you because you know this experience it's normal it happens i'm yeah. going to support you however which way you want versus the person mm-hmm. who is like you shouldn't be doing this because my belief or my experiences say otherwise just because yeah. it's your experiences doesn't mean it will happen to me even mm-hmm. if it does it won't happen the same way the same way exactly because i'm an individual right yeah. so to get yeah. that emotional safety vulnerability and remove those biases you really towards the self and towards other people mm-hmm. because that's the only way you can actually accept things as they come as you're they not yeah. you're not having this preconditioned you know if i say this they're going to say mm-hmm. this and therefore i should have yeah. said it and i'll keep no or if i say mm-hmm. this i'll look like this and therefore <laughs> you know i'm you no know, just yeah. you know what you're deconstructing if you feel like you're not getting the support it's fine separate yourself from it but yeah. if you need it there's a prerequisite that is called vulnerability they can't know your yeah. emotions off but because again they've never also experienced it they don't know yeah. what deconstructing mm. looks like so you have to be vulnerable yeah. enough to share experiences and emotions about it for them mm. to provide the type of emotional safety you're looking for yeah well yeah. i would also say just assess before you proceed exactly yeah <laughs> i think that's important because sometimes you, you may think these people uh here is me and my judgments <laughs> they are for you they are for you in a certain way and you're well intentioned you want to seek for not mm. to seek that help mm-hmm. but the moment you open up you also open up to yourself getting even more wounded wounded you yes know, and mm. I, I, i've seen a certain trend where someone wants is going through that deconstruction process and someone comes and tell you uh you are losing your faith you know are you sure you're okay the devil is the devil has done things yeah <laughs> the devil has done things so i i think yeah that aspect of vulnerability is very important mm. but remember to to assess yeah before you proceed yeah proceed. and i think for, for the three lists that you've listed i would also add like I, I don't know you'll also tell me how practical this is like mm. look for evidence that you are not insane quote and yes. i think Ooh. that's Ooh. one thing that really helps because you know it's also even the thing with mental illnesses the best yeah. way to know that okay there is something wrong but you're not yeah. in, like you're not this, yeah. you're not insane to, to the point that you think you are is by yeah. looking for communities that are going through the same thing and exactly so yes please please look for those communities <laughs> because <laughs> you're used to surrounding yourself with this other part yeah so as you're deconstructing and you're still surrounding yourself with this other part they want to think mm. you're insane yeah you need to also you need to also change the communities you're hanging out with. even even the, the the type of content you're absorbing on on social media thank you yeah, exactly. because this was yeah. the type of content you are Mm. <laughs> who are watching so even yeah. in your own social media might need to change 
so that you're also understanding that okay there's this other community that's going through yeah. this and these are the mm-hmm. common things that we've gone through together and the common thought processes and this is these are the little coping yeah. mechanisms that they developed to go mm-hmm. through it and things like that yes i completely agree look for those communities because where yeah no. <laughs> i think like you're alone yeah mm-hmm. it's it's really i think that's the thing that actually really drives you into depression because you're mm-hmm. there you're like Pani, am I the only one who sees things in this certain way? Um, yeah. Am I crazy for it, you know? Yeah. I yeah. think one of the things I did was, hey, I unfollowed a lot of communities on Instagram. Yeah. That I, I actually left Instagram for about a year or so mm. because I just couldn't handle all that. And mm-hmm. then now when I went back, I unfollowed. And then now I started, like I've mentioned, there is the deconstructing the mamas, there's happy mm. for you, mm. there's... I think she's called Dr. Laura Anderson. She's also a psychologist and she talks mm-hmm. a lot about deconstructing. Those are the people who made, who made me feel like, you know what, you're not crazy. We've all yeah. asked questions and we are yeah. all trying to just figure out how to make life, yeah. Yeah, make life feel mm-hmm. like it's, it's still worth living without the religious aspect. So as, as we come to an end, I think uh, if you'd agree with me, I think that the best thing that would wholesomely help is just to to like make people understand that your religion is not your identity um yes. and you can actually yeah. form a healthy identity yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> outside mm-hmm. religion yeah yes yeah what would you say about that also as you give us your parting shots i would say yes you, the <laughs> things you're a part of can make parts of your identity mm-hmm. but not your entirety of your identity mm-hmm. So oh, nice. if you if you are a Christian, that is a part of your identity, but it is not who you are as a whole, right? Mm. You are still mm. a scientist, you are still a doctor, you are still a lawyer, you're still, you know, on YouTube, you're still a fashion designer, you still, yeah. you know, there's so many aspects. Of it. So if you lose this one thing, you haven't lost your entire identity. Yes, you yeah. have lost a part of it. Maybe it was a big part of it. Fine, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But you haven't lost your entirety. There was more mm-hmm. to you than just um, the choir master or the <laughs> pianist. There was mm-hmm. more things than that, right? And mm-hmm. and therefore, it is then figuring out maybe what was your second. What was your second yeah. part of your identity? And a lot mm-hmm. of people, yes, they are, actually in Kenya especially, it's either religion mm-hmm. or their work. Like, hey, people in their work. Oh, but yeah. yes, it's it's either religion or their work. Actually, that's usually the like their top two. If it's not their religion, mm. it's their work, and then anything else falls falls mm. to the bottom. Actually, not even yeah. third or fourth. So yeah. it is then recognizing that or coming to the reality that that was not all that made you. There were mm. other things that maybe you didn't highlight because it wasn't yeah. maybe it didn't consume a majority of your days or mm. wasn't highlighted as an important thing by the, those around you. But yeah. now as you go and branch off uh, on your own or with mm-hmm. the new communities, these other things need to come up. You need to now, yeah. it's more yeah. like finding yourself again. It's yeah. more of sitting down and asking, okay, aside from this, what were the other things I liked doing? Mm. Yeah. I liked A, I liked yeah. being a part of B, I liked mm. being a part of C. I enjoyed doing like you can be maybe you were the pianist for the choir. It doesn't mean you have to totally drop being a pianist because yeah. you're no longer in the choir. Continue yeah. go and give lessons to kids. Yeah. 
even go and give lessons to kids in church it's okay you don't have to yeah. be like yeah i still give lessons kujeni and mm. you know this is how you play the piano in church especially mm. you know when the preacher is talking verses when the yeah. choir is singing you, know, <laughs> you can still <laughs> you can still do the things you loved and be who you were without mm. this thing but it means yeah. rediscovery yeah. it means rediscovery it means a lot of appreciation Mm. and it means a lot of forgiveness finally now yeah. because yeah. there are things you ended up dropping that you really loved yeah because mm, yeah. your your focus was more on this one thing yeah. so you need to have forgive yourself and 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 say sorry to your inner child for doing it and actually uh, forgive yourself for dropping all these things that you really love you know, yeah. things that you loved being a part of Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah for one thing or another you ended up dropping so yeah there's also that uh, in yeah. rebuilding your identity mm. yeah thank you thank you so yeah. much for taking almost two hours into this yeah, conversation okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot as i've told you this will be a part one and part two That's kind of true. conversation yes i agree thank you anastasia for being mm-hmm. on all the intentional the podcast mm-hmm. once again very loving mental health specialist <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah everyone should yes. follow you should follow you on all oh, your yes. social media platforms yes please do it at mental health underscore by anastasia dot ke on yeah. all platforms yeah so so asante sana yes thank you so much and you do take care finally we've come to the end of this episode And just like all my other episodes this this one was so dear to my heart a process that I'm constantly going through as you might have learned from the podcast and once again I'd really appreciate to hear what you have to say about the podcast you can either send a voice comment or just write down what you think about the episode and the podcast at large and don't forget to rate and follow it really helps me as a podcaster as they say this is how uh you listener gets to support um the creative or the person uh bringing this content to you so once again i do appreciate you being here and see you next time on all the intentional bye